Jesus said to them, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon, and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear friends, one of these days I'm going to write a book called How to Not Run a Church. (laughs) It will have to wait until I'm retired because it will make a lot of people mad. Lutheran congregations have a group of leaders called a congregation council. In Methodist congregations, it's called a board Presbyterians call it a session. Episcopalians call it a vestry. One of the worst things that congregations can do is to make their board a kind of cabinet of leaders so that, for example, the board consists of the chairman of the worship committee, the chairman of the property committee, the Sunday school superintendent, the president of the women's circle, the president of the men's group, and the financial secretary. These people will all have two things in common. First, they have a specific job to do. And second, their specific job will almost always become more difficult any time the congregation tries something new or different. Two young women in a certain congregation 
wanted to have an after-school program for children, three afternoons a week. They were willing to do all the work themselves. They went to their pastor. What did their pastor tell them? They'd have to go to the board. Well, the worship person said, we can't do that. Those kids would bang on the piano in the room where the choir rehearses. The property committee person said they'd make a mess and break things. The Sunday school superintendent worried that they would get into the Sunday school snack cabinet. The women's circle worried about keeping the bathrooms clean. The men's group worried that their wives in the women's circle would be unhappy. And the financial secretary said what financial secretaries always say. We can't afford it. Now, if you think I'm talking about one of the congregations where I've been a pastor, you'd be making a good guess, but you would be wrong. My own congregations, either through careful planning or through dumb luck, have had councils that are more or less led by people who look at the big picture. Do you want to know how good your council is here at Dove of Peace? Our roof leaked, and not only did it harm the organ, it stained and blistered some of our wooden pews, where Sharon Knudsen is comfortably seated right there. So two or three pews are going to have to be taken out, repaired, and brought back. I said, wouldn't it be great if while those pews are out being refurbished, we could shorten one or two of them to make it easier for people in wheelchairs to participate. So one council member said, I'll figure out how to do it. And another council member said, I'll pay for it. That's the kind of leadership I like to see in a congregation. Leadership that is always trying to find ways to make it easier and safer and friendlier for all kinds of people to participate in all kinds of ways. Amen? Amen. All right. Get a little Baptist going here. <laughs> Our federal leaders are considering a jobs bill. There's a jobs bill in the story that Jesus tells today as well. This involves day laborers in agriculture. If this story was set in America, we know that the language the characters speak would have to be in Spanish because only Latinos are willing to do this kind of work in America. Hard agricultural day labor. At the heart of this story is a Roman coin, a coin called a denarius, a silver coin, which according to the Bible was a day's wage. There were smaller coins than that. There were larger coins than that. But just as we have a minimum wage by law here today, in the land and time of Jesus, there was the customary, although not legally required, pay for an honest day's work, a coin called a denarius. Now, I called this a jobs bill because the employer in Jesus' story is a wealthy man, and it's clear from the way that Jesus tells this story 
that this man is at least as interested in putting people to work as he is in getting the job done. Why are you standing here idle all day, he said to the men at five o'clock in the afternoon. They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard. And then at the end of the day, it's time to pay the workers and everybody gets one of those coins, a denarius. Some people worked all day, some people worked one hour, and they all get paid the same. Is that unfair? And if it is unfair, what does that say about God and his kingdom? The question of fairness depends on the angle that you look at this your point of view, a kind of is the glass half empty or half full, or is the weather partly cloudy or partly sunny. The workers who worked the longest were not paid less than they deserved. They were paid what they had agreed to work for, which was an honest day's pay for an honest day's work, a denarius. In that sense, there is nothing unfair or immoral in what happened. What does this say about God and the way that he works? Sometimes someone will ask me about a person who converts, who repents and turns to God on their deathbed. You've had this conversation. I've spent my whole life going to church, making my kids go to church, Resisting temptation, supporting the United Way, not cheating on my wife, not cheating on my taxes. I've played by the rules. And here's this other person who is selfish and immoral and wicked their whole life. And then on their deathbed, they get religion. How convenient, the church lady would say. Do they get to go to heaven? Yes, they do. Is it fair? It depends on your perspective. Just because you do what you ought to do doesn't mean that God owes you special treatment. Furthermore, in our form of Christianity, we don't believe that anyone ever succeeds in doing everything that they ought to do. We believe in our tradition, that everybody receives better from God than they deserve. God is unfair in that he breaks the rules, and in breaking the rules, he gives everybody more than they deserve, better than they deserve. Now, the question of the person who gets religion on their deathbed is kind of theoretical, kind of theological, Everybody likes to speculate about heaven and hell. But the question about the after-school program for children, that's where the messy practicalities hit closer to home. We Christians are very capable of treating the church as a members-only club. We've built it. We've paid for it. We've taught the Sunday school. We've weeded the gardens. 
We've come to the choir rehearsal. We've hired our pastor. We've brewed the coffee. This is our church. And we'll be darned if we're going to let any sticky little hands get peanut butter and jelly smeared on the piano keyboard. But of course, it's not our church. It's the Lord's. And of course, we are laborers. We are laborers. We're not here on vacation. We've entered into the labor of our master. And when it comes right down to it, we should rejoice when more people join the labor. Many hands make light work. Little hands, dirty hands, calloused hands, brown hands, and white hands, and black hands, pampered hands, hands with tattoos, hands with fire engine red nail polish, hands damaged by injury or arthritis. Hands sticky with peanut butter and jelly. Amen? Amen. The Lord has a short temper and really likes to punish people and is stingy with his love. Isn't that what the Bible says? <laughs> the Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. That ends up being a good thing for each and every one of us, the old, the new, the good, the bad, the ugly, each and every one of us. Amen.